everyone, I'm Jill Bloom, publisher of Roofing Contractor. Thank you for joining us, whether you're watching on video or listening on our podcast. Art Eisner and Rick D'Amato of Roofing Contractor and I are here today for a very special interview with GAF. And we are honored to have with us GAF's president, Jim Schnepper, and Dan Boss, Senior Vice President of Research and Development. So gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jill. Thank it's you. great to be here with you. Well, gentlemen, thank you again so much for joining us today. And Jim, can you tell us the big news? What's happening? Sure, I'd be glad to. With Earth Day upon us, uh, I'm really happy uh, to inform you that GAF has successfully produced shingles with 15% recycled material. And uh, how meaningful is that to us is I can't uh, even uh, overemphasize. Our goal was to scale this pilot program across all the networks of the GAF plants, but also to be able to put it across all of the products that we manufacture. And so that all of our products will eventually contain some percentage of post-consumer recycled product. And that would be across every category of shingles. Um, GAF is committing more than $100 million to bring in this recycling process to commercial scale. And it includes the development of a pilot operation that launches this year in 2021 that will enable the company to conduct additional research and development on its processes. So we will end up uh, with 100% of our shingle products having a recycle content. And Jim, can you tell us a little bit more uh, in, in detail about uh, what you've researched over the last few years and uh, what GEF has accomplished with this step? Sure, sure. So we, uh, we were successful in developing a new patented manufacturing process, honestly, to produce the world's first asphalt shingle containing post-consumer waste. As you uh, probably are well, or well addressed or know that uh, the post-manufactured um, recycling is something we initially focused on. I think as an industry, most of uh, even my competitors uh, were finding ways to recycle our, our uh, post-manufactured waste. But the thing that seemed to be most distant from us to be able to accomplish is really that post-consumer uh, waste uh, recycling. And so we put our sights on that uh, pretty heavily. And our recycling asphalt shingle um, program is really uh, something that we decided we were gonna find a way that we could get at least 10 to 20% um, post-consumer recycled product into our current shingles without sacrificing the quality of the products. And so that was kind of the thesis that we set up. And then we went about trying to figure out how we were going to accomplish that. And uh, I'm going to have Dan uh, talk to you about the two uh, methods or two parts of the processing uh, for us and why that's important to think about really in two pieces. Because as we went to solve this, uh, one thing that I will tell you is I hope that the industry as a whole starts to uh, continue down the paths that they may uh, have already uh, started around recycling. Because I do believe it's important that as an industry that we really solve this issue if we don't, um, we could potentially be written out of uh, building codes. And uh, just because our, our products have to end up in uh, either recycle program of some kind or in landfill. And landfills are starting to fill up, especially um, uh, because of and due to uh, asphalt shingle waste. So it's only uh, prudent that we uh, figure a path to being able to take these products and not just recycle them in pavement, which has been really the path um, historically uh, for our products and recycling. Um, as that continues to deteriorate in its usage of using uh, shingles recycled into the pavement, um, it's creating now this, again, gap of waste and what are we going to do with it from, uh, from roofing shingles and asphalt shingles. 
And so solving that is, uh, has to be uh, uh, done or uh, we just risk our own existence, right? Um, so that's where, where we viewed it um, really eight years ago, 10 years ago when we first started thinking about it and then accelerated it, uh, the thinking five years ago. And so if you want, I'd like to throw it to Dan just to talk about, because I think it's important that you hear the two parts of this, uh, the dry and the wet processing and kind of how we're going about doing this. So Dan, I'm gonna throw it to you. Thanks, Jim. So looking back at the, the efforts in recycling in general, just for a little context at first, I mean, people, uh, many companies have tried to do this for over the course of decades. And when looking back at the challenges they faced, it was really the balance of uh, affordability and performance of the final product. Um, efforts would either go be focused on getting very clean asphalt or making the cost so low that it was affordable. And that balance was never struck. And when we first started the process, we tried to, to focus on that, that sweet spot, be able to get uh, a quality product uh, from uh, at an affordable cost. And so our first version of this, uh, we ran into a problem common in the industry. Uh, if you don't remove the granules from the, the shingles appropriately, you crush the granules. And those are, 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 when you create that type of stone dust from the granules, it can degrade the properties of the asphalt and hence the shingles. So the innovation that the team made for the dry process was to really remove the granules from the, the post-consumer shingles very, very effectively and very efficiently. And so they're removed as a first step. And then the, then the, the, the balance of the shingle is uh, ground up and processed. And we actually end up putting it in, a, in a, uh, a briquette that can be transported and handled easily. And so that was a big innovation. So removing the stone dust and the granule contamination from the balance of the shingle enabled us to get a uh, product that did not degrade the, the properties of the shingle when you added in at some at, at initial levels we're using. And then the second part of it is you need to be able to add it uh, convert it from a solid to a liquid and add it efficiently into the conventional asphalt shingle process. So those are the two steps that we've uh, developed over the last you know, four or five years and that we're now transitioning up to a pilot and eventually a uh, larger scale. A dry process for generating a, a, a stone dust free asphalt uh, briquette and then a way to handle and add those briquettes into our current manufacturing process. And so if I'm following you correctly, then those briquettes will then get broken down again into another substance that will form a, a new shingle. They will be added to our current asphalt stream. They'll be melted, added in, and then you put in to uh, make our current uh, a new shingle with, uh, that with that recycled asphalt content. And the thing that's really interesting and that's important to understand also is the amount of the post-consumer we can use. During our tests, we were successful in reclaiming more than 90% of the waste from that shingle material by weight. So 90% that we can then reuse in the manufacturing of the new shingles. It's unbelievable the amount I think that, uh, that, that we're able to capture and then translate that into, you know, putting some percentage of that into our uh, finished good products that yeah. then go new into market. 
Uh, and the 90% encompasses the, the, the granule material that we separate out. We can use that back into the shingle. So it's really a very efficient and cost-effective process, which is, I think, the, the major advance that we've, we've uh, achieved here. Dan, you've also mentioned uh, you know the fifteen percent of, of, of recycled material. There were the the fifteen percent and the ninety percent. Were those uh, you know goals or benchmarks at all that, that you tried to achieve, or is that uh, a, are those the numbers that you felt were were suitable at least? Uh, for this initial phase of what you're, you're trying well, to do? Well, the 90% percent to be able to recover as much of the, the post-consumer shingles possible is always a goal, is the higher the better you know, until you, you strike a balance of diminishing returns. So when you grind anything, there are losses that just happen. And so we're, we are early in the process of scaling this up. We hope to be to improve our efficiency, but sometimes you break up you know, the, the rocks and granules and some dust is generated. So you lose some dust and you get uh, different material getting trapped in the different processing steps or lost just in handling. So 90% initial recovery of the post-consumer shingle is very a very great starting point. We always wanna get towards hundred if possible. And then the 15% addition um, is a target that we're starting with. It's definitely a starting point. And what we were able to demonstrate is that we could uh, maintain all the properties that we want in our, in our, uh, our shingles and the quality and performance and the reliability is maintained. And it's a, um, a good place to learn and start from. It's not our end goal. Uh, we would certainly like to be able to achieve higher levels and we're actively working on that in the laboratory and we'll see how far we can get uh, to, to uh, increasing that. But it's a, great, it's a great start. It's a lot of material and it will make a difference as a great basis for starting our work. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, I appreciate that JF is making this investment and I know it's significant. And I feel like uh, I have to agree with you, Jim. Um, if, if the asphalt roofing uh, industry doesn't attend to this uh, ability to go cradle to cradle, um, the, you're going to wake up gone one morning. Uh, so I think uh, it's, it's, it's strong medicine for the industry. I know it's, um, it's good that you're doing it. So thank you. Uh, Dan, what's, what's the cost impact outside of the, the R&D? I, mean, I know you're making a big investment to make this happen. What's the cost impact uh, at, that you're looking at, at least estimating, when you do start using the briquettes as a regular part of the process? Well, we're, we're still working through that, but our goal all along here is to have it be uh, affordable. Is if you look at people's buying behaviors, and many people, if you, if you want to be able to make a, a big impact on uh, recycled or renewable products, you need to be pretty close to cost neutral. Uh, because everyone will will do it the right thing if it if there's no financial penalty. So I think that's been our goal is to make it as as uh, uh, close to neutral as possible. And uh, you know there's still some things we need to validate before I start getting into any specific cost numbers here. But right. we're we're um, confident enough in what we're doing that we want to to start scaling it up and demonstrating what we can do and, and uh, sharing uh, our ability with uh, the industry that we think we have a path forward here. Well, another um, answer to that that I think is, is, is very meaningful, we want recycled content in all of our products and in, in all of our shingle products. We, that's our goal. So we're not going to launch something that's um, a product at a premium because it's recycled 
our goal is to make that across all of our uh, shingle product categories. Well, I think that's important. And I think uh, you can look at other industries and see that that's what they've learned. It's, it's important to keep that, that cost structure in play. Uh, people do appreciate that you're uh, presenting them with a product that contains post-consumer goods. I'm not sure how willing they are to pay a whole lot extra for it in many cases. Um, uh, so that's important. I'm glad you're focused on that. The input streams for this, obviously, uh, I would think your asphalt manufacturing plants are where you would locate uh, the processes where you would do uh, make the briquettes. Are you going to limit it to, do you see that being a limitation or do you see these uh, processing plants for the briquettes being really anywhere that asphalt shingles are being taken off roofs? Well, I think, uh, I think as we scale this up, um, the network that we end up developing to support our goal of getting it everywhere, there are places that uh, generate a lot of post-consumer shingles. And there's an ecosystem that collects them and does something with them a lot of times. And so we want to leverage that, and we, but we have to balance the, the source and cost of processing with transportation and make the whole system uh, as affordable to ourselves and, the, and customers as possible. And so that's what the type of learning we're going through. As we, we learn, as we do the pilot and then follow on systems, we'll learn more about the economics. We'll learn more about the, how the ecosystem can help us. And we want to build out that ecosystem that's very cost effective and, and can meet the very high volumes that we need. I mean, this is not a, a small volume of material that, that we or the industry need at the end of the day. And so we, we look forward to uh, helping to lead the way and building out that capability. And Rick, let me, can I just add on to that? Again, that's an important question for this reason. When we talk about the two parts of the process, the dry piece and the wet processing, they do not have to be co-located. So those processes can be split up and separated and more than likely will be, as Dan said, based on where you see the most potential to be able to capture the post-consumer uh, products. Excellent. Now, Art, if I could just ask one more question, uh, Dan and Jim. Uh, do you see the briquettes being sold into other streams of building products uh, outside of, uh, of uh, asphalt roofing? I, I certainly would like to see them. I think the, the cleanliness of it and the, the composition of it, I think will be, find uses other places. And so that's one of our, our growth areas and growth targets is to help uh, develop other applications for it as well. Uh, and so we look forward to exploring that with potential partners and uh, collaborators on it to see what else we can do. Thank you. All right. Yeah, Dan, I, I was curious with the success that you had with the testing, uh, if you could help put some of that in, into perspective, ha, has anything like this been tried before? You're reaching that 90% level. As far as other things have been tried before, there has been a, 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 a long list of companies that have tried to do this, pro solve this problem before, and with a lot of great technical achievement. Um, the, the economic success was more mixed. And, and even our own first efforts was, was mixed. So this is, uh, it's a tough problem to find the, stri the right balance. Uh, so many people have tried. Uh, we've got something we think advances it to the point of uh, utility and it meets our goals. And we look forward to trying to advance it even further. So this is the beginning of, of, the, of a process with a process, beginning of the journey of a process that 
seems that appears economic to do. And then as we get into it, we'll advance it. And I hope others help us uh, take it to uh, further uh, efficiencies and lower costs. As far as um, your second part of the question. Right. Uh, how would you characterize the, uh, just the significance of this type of investment in an environmental uh, initiative like this for GAF? One of our it, largest. Yeah, it's definitely one of our largest. And I think it's, it impacts a, a huge uh, opportunity for uh, impacting the sustainability of the industry. I mean, the, the volume of shingles that go into landfills every year is quite large. And building materials in general have a large footprint in, in landfills. So um, even uh, you know, this first target of 10 to 15% is gonna make a big dent in that, and there, but there's a long way to go. And so, but it's, I think it's a, it's a great commitment from GAF to advance this and move this forward. And it's very exciting to be able to help uh, advance it. And our, we do see this as this innovation really having global implications as well for improving sustainability across the circularity around and across the roofing supply chain. And so the potential impact of this project, it clearly makes it really the most significant sustainable initiative that GAF's undertaken. It's exciting. Everything you guys are doing is just monumental. Uh, the question I have for you is, what can you tell the industry that will assure contractors that are installing the new shingles that this will be, the product will be just as good, if not better? That's a great question. And um, that's why we've been very careful about the amount of recycle, that it does not interrupt the quality of our shingles. UL um, actually came uh, to witness, uh, to make sure and witness and certify us to use this uh, recycling approach uh, to make quality shingles. And uh, they have, and we did receive the certification uh, to do that. So you will have the full faith and confidence um, of the GF organization. And look, Standard Industries continues to push us to be thinking more um, sustainable and to be able to make these kind of moves because these are the investments that we believe are the investments that show our commitment to the future of this industry and to the continuation of this industry. And um, there, we cannot do that uh, if we were to sacrifice any part of the quality of our products. And so we will uh, stand behind everything that we manufacture and put into market as being the top quality products that we produce. Uh, you mentioned this process being under development for several years. Uh, I'm curious about how the COVID-19 pandemic uh, you know, impacted that. Did it slow the process down or maybe even perhaps act as a, an accelerator in some regard? Well, that's a, certainly a very uh, topical question this last year. And it's, it's kind of fascinating. This team is uh, dispersed anyway. Uh, so the, the participants of the team are all over the country at a number of our locations. And, and so that team was always working remote. And uh, so it really had minimal impact this year on the team. Uh, so they were always collaborating virtually and, and, uh, and working with our, our development partners in that, that manner. So I don't think it ended up uh, having a material impact or benefit because we were already working that way on this particular team. Got it. Jim, why is now the right time to launch an, uh, such an ambitious initiative like this? Yeah, so I think that the program comes really at a pivotal moment um, for the future, as I said earlier, of shingle waste. Um, it's just something that we have to, as an industry, figure out. 
if you look at paving contractors who previously made up most of where the recycled waste was going, um, that's been decreasing since the mid 2010s, let's call it. So today you're looking at about 8% of that scrap is going back into paving and being recycled. It's continuing to get smaller and smaller as, uh, as the years go on. And the trend away from paving presented this opportunity to really now make sure that we got a solution and did it quickly. Because you didn't, what I didn't want to see is that we were, were, were noticing that um, shingles weren't going into any part of recycling for any use. And uh, that would have just been, uh, I think, a really bad situation for the industry. And so for roofing companies like GAF to lead the way in the circularity and the sustainability solutions for shingles, it just had to happen. And uh, it accounts for, as you think about this, 13 million tons of waste each year. Um, it's a lot of waste. And to think that we weren't going to be working on or trying to find a solution. And look, I, I can guarantee you we're not the only roofing uh, company uh, working in this area. We all know it. We all know what's in front of us. And, um, and so I think that as an industry, you're going to see these products become very commonplace in the very uh, near future and definitely from GAF as soon as uh, 12 to 18 months from now. Got it. Well, as we kind of near the midpoint of 2021, I was curious uh, to hear uh, you know, your take on where the industry is right now and how GAF is fitting in. And really, uh, with this initiative being a priority uh, going forward and really uh, uh, an immediate priority for the rest of this year, what's, the, what's been the attitude internally about uh, you know, committing to uh, this type of a project? It's interesting. So we, as most companies, do pulse survey to our employees and just really get the sense for what they're thinking about, what's important to them. And it's interesting because sustainability always scores really high uh, with, with our personnel, as it does probably with most people. Um, but when you say that, what's interesting to me also is Rick said something interesting. Everybody would love to see sustainability. They just think it should be done. But if it increases the cost of our goods, no one wants to buy them for more money because that they are. And so you get this kind of weird place that we're in as a country right now. I actually think that we're solving for that because if you, I thought if you didn't solve for the cost of it, eventually people will end up saying that they want to pay more because goods and services go up and you just know that there's a need to recycle. There's a need to pay more money to enable, to enable that, that to take place. But look, this is also a capitalist, you know, market-driven economy. And so you have to stay competitive. And when a company is going to go out and launch like we are right now, we knew that we didn't have a lot of room to pay extra money on our costs if we were going to keep it neutral on the price. And so that was the goal we had. And the team that Dan led to do this, uh, they were successful. And look, I, I think um, what we've done will teach others also. So, um, and I think that there's going to be real excitement around this. I think to talk about in building materials, there's very little recycling going on. And I think this opens up the door and Rick also asked the question, can you use this for other products? Absolutely. We believe you can. We just have to partner with people who are interested in understanding whether they can also uh, work through these processes in their manufacturing. Uh, so we're excited about it. Uh, we're, we're excited to solve this issue for ourselves, but more interestingly uh, to then add this into the pool of other uh, thinking that's been going on over the last, call it eight to 10 years. Right. Uh, they obviously don't know that they can use it yet <laughs> without it being out there. Uh, uh, I want to switch over to the pilot program and talk about that a little bit. Uh, first off, uh, do you have all the contractors that, that you think you need for that? 
uh, or will you be seeking more? And what do you hope uh, to get out of that process? Yeah, so on the pilot program itself, as far as the contractors, um, we will again put this into market just like we would across our product category. You know, let's just talk about Timberline being the first one, a product that would start receiving this and it would go into market just like any of our products. So we do believe that our contractors, um, obviously anybody who buys our products will be getting this um, product into their hands. And look, I think it's a great story. I think it's a great story to start telling for numerous reasons. The first one being that our industry is thinking about recyclability so that anybody who thinks that our products are going to end up going to landfills long-term understand that that's not the case. So I think it kind of hems that and stems off a little bit of that thinking if anybody's heading that direction now. As we know, I think it was Boulder, Colorado uh, requiring asphalt channels to be IR impact resistant for their markets for that reason alone, which was there's too much of the shingle waste going into landfill. We need to solve for that. And so their solve for that was to put IR shingles on uh, roofs. Um, that's not good enough for us. I think that uh, now it's time to, again, recycle it. And those uh, products will go right into the same contractors who are buying our products in that market today. Um, but it'll, now the story is it has recycled content in it. As far as what we're going to be learning from this, uh, we've, we had done more discrete unit operations in the development process, running individual pieces of equipment. Now we'll have an integrated system that continuously produces the products at a relatively small volume, but continuously produces. It'll validate uh, the economic model. It'll validate the equipment, allow us to design and scale up the process uh, further. And, uh, and it will also allow us to, to do, instead of doing batches at the, uh, you know, one batch at a time at, uh, at our production facility, we'll be able to increase the production volume, still small, uh, but be able to, to make it a routine uh, process for us at a manufacturing plant. And then we're gonna run with that information and uh, start working on the next steps uh, so and offering options for the company to move forward faster. Got it. Well, it, it sounds like you envision this uh, really becoming a differentiator for contractors that want to use it. Uh, is that going to, is that, or a sales component also part of that pilot program? Uh, and how will you, I guess, uh, you know, reinforce that aspect to get contractors excited about using it? Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be very excited just from our initial um, outreach to those certified contractors who, again, were encouraging to just enter into the cycle and taking roofs off and putting them into the recycle uh, system that's there today, right? So we're going to continue to encourage them to do that. But also, you know, as consumers, as consumer expectations for environmentally friendly products increases, which we've talked about already, I think you're going to see that our contractors will be on the forefront of being able to meet that growing demand. I think that the contractors offer a service that allows homeowners to go in now and say, look, um, Mr. Homeowner, if we can take your roof off, we're gonna put it into a dumpster and we're gonna put it back into the recycling program that will then be made into uh, GAF roofs uh, as we go forward. I think that's a really good value proposition. Why wouldn't a consumer want to do that? Um, and I think they'll be very encouraged um, as a contractor to talk to the consumers about that. It's a huge differentiator for the contractor, um, especially those contractors with green uh, building expectations, um, which is really growing on the residential sector right now. And so what is your timeline, even if it is an aggressive one to, uh, you know, where we will start seeing 
uh, Timberline or HDZ with uh, with this new content, recycled content? Go ahead, Dan. The uh, well, the pilot facility will will be uh, producing HDZ shingles at one of our plants uh, this year. By the end of this year, with with uh, post consumer content, and then we'll continue to run it in uh, 2022. And we hope to have uh, the first. The plan is to have the first uh, scale process going uh, in 2023. And so there's a very rapid uh, uh, timeline we have, aggressive timeline. And we're running down that path to uh, achieve that. Okay. And, I, well, and realizing everything is, is, uh, that we're talking about is really uh, brand new. Um, where can contractors find out more? Is there somewhere they can find out more right now? Or is there another avenue uh, you recommend uh, they look for new information? I think that they connected to our territory managers in the field will have all the information um, uh, in their hands to be able to talk about this and uh, really spread the news and uh, engage our contractors to understand, you know, what is happening to the product. Um, they shouldn't notice, honestly, a difference in the product coming off of the line of the future uh, that has recycled in it versus the product today that doesn't. The only great thing about it is it does have recycled content in it in the future. So that's, um, that's what we'll uh, be, be talking to the contractors about. They can simply, any questions they have, reach out to their uh, sales channels and get the information that they need. If I may, Dan, you're going to invite me up to the plant the first time you run those HDZ shingles with uh, post-consumer content in them? How about the second time? <laughs> 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 but yes, we'll be glad to invite you when we, when we get it going. We'll be glad to do that. Fair enough. All right, I'm coming with them. Fair enough. <laughs> Great. I did want to ask one more. I think uh, uh, this may sum it up, you know, well too. So I, I think this uh, this new initiative certainly lines up with other products, uh, other green products uh, that GAF is working with, uh, whether it's uh, your DecoTech or, uh, or or what's happening with GAF Energy. Uh, so there's definitely on the product side there's that connection which we talked about. On the corporate side, though, uh, this really seems like a, a extension or validation of your community cares initiative, right? And uh, can you talk about that synergy? Sure, I think, um, look, we have this portion of our sustainability embedded inside of our, what we call our communications group and our CSR effort also. And the overlap is, is as you said, really there's no nuance to it, it's pretty direct. Um, we are committed to making um, the lives of our employees and the people who buy our products better um, in some way. And it touches on a numerous dimensions of people's lives. Uh, sustainability is important to GAF and we're talking about it. We're talking about it in our community work that we're doing from everything from helping communities uh, build the resources that they need for either recycling or for uh, more broadly uh, taking care of their, uh, their, their citizens in their areas. But when we say that we protect what matters most to people, um, we're, we're making sure we live that um, in every aspect of this, whether it's our customer uh, relationships, whether it's our corporate uh, resources going into uh, social responsibilities, um, we cover the gamut and, uh, and we're committed to it. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, congratulations to GAF and both to you, Jim and Dan, for such a big announcement. And we're excited to help share that news. If anybody has 
any questions, make sure you can get more information at GAF.com. If you also want to reach out to us, you can find out some more information at roofingcontractor.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free e-newsletter, our free e-magazine. Register for our website so you can always be up to date on all the great breaking news that's happening that's right now. And while please, again, stay safe and healthy, and we look forward to talking to you next time.